In this episode, we're going to talk about operational security, what it really is, how it applies to you, how you can use it to determine what information is really out there and what do you want out there in order to make yourself safe. And you don't even have to call it that because you don't want to. Thing is, if you're not working in the military or on the job somewhere, working in government, you don't want to use the term OPSEC anyway because you just look silly. Or you look like you just got out of the military, which is something you probably don't want to look like. Or you look like you're trying to sound tactical. We don't want those things. But let's talk about what operational security is, how we can use it to our benefit to protect ourselves and those we care about. That's what we'll talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Got to tell you, I'm forcing myself in here to do this recording for you guys, the sacrifices I make for all of you. It's been very hot here in Arizona, and they keep changing everything on whether or not it's going to be hot and shitty or if it's just going to be hot. And they decided it's going to be hot, double shitty. So it's been it's been pretty rough. 105 yesterday, it's going to be 100, or 106 yesterday, about the same today. 80 degrees until after midnight. There's things about that that might sound cool, but when it gets that hot and sunny, it's difficult to go outside. So I spent a lot of time spending two, three minutes outside just by walking in the pool and walking out. But the room that I record in is the hottest room in my house, which is good for large portions of the year, but it's difficult to cool off. And I can get in here for 20, 30 minutes. I'm sweating my ass off. So it's been pretty rough. But I'm doing this because I, I keep delaying it just because of comfort. So we're going to do this and talk about OPSEC. OPSEC's very widely misunderstood and... That's okay because why would you know how to use something you were never trained in? I guess that makes sense. OPSEC, for one, has nothing to do with classified information. It's probably the most common misconception I hear that OPSEC has to do with everything. It doesn't have anything to do with the classified information because that information is already classified. You don't have to do anything to protect it or have regular training on how to protect it when it's already got a protection system in place. OPSEC's for everything else. Things that are not classified, that's the biggest thing. It's what they call critical information. OPSEC is used to identify critical information, not classified information. Of all the information that's not classified, which portions do we deem are critical? And then we have to determine by observing that and how it's communicated and how it's passed around, how would we use it against ourselves if we wanted to? How would an enemy use it? You know, how would a bad guy, doesn't have to be an enemy, we'll say, how does a bad guy use it? So if you look in the government, the government's official definition, and it slightly varies based on department, but they're all pretty close to the same thing. It's a systematic and proven process by which potential adversaries can be denied information about capabilities and intentions by identifying, controlling, and protecting generally unclassified evidence of the planning and execution of sensitive activities. Let's make that simpler. This is a known process that works. So how do we take that process when we look at ourselves and say, what type of information or capabilities do I have or intentions of what I plan on doing? Do I want to make sure bad guys can't figure out? That's what we're looking for. That has to do with things like I've talked about. Well, I've talked about many subjects where you're getting a car, driving to work and coming home and talking about, you know, sometimes, sometimes, we can't really widely vary that time frame of when we're leaving. And it could be to your advantage to leave at 7.32 every morning. But another thing is how much could you alternate a little bit? You got a window of 15 minutes. You could change that up. 
There's little things like that. But we're going to walk through some things I think will help all of you. This will not apply to everybody. Not everything will apply to everybody, but there'll be something in here for everybody. So a few things we'll look at. Number one, let's talk about the outside of our homes. You know, we spend a lot of time at home. When you have a garage and you open that garage, now this depends greatly where you're at. You got your own little farmhouse out there. You got 20 acres. You know, everybody around you got 20 acres. Probably not a huge deal, but you're in a subdivision. Could be a bigger deal. You open your garage, what can be seen? What's attractive in there somebody may want to take? You remember I talked about a long time ago. Garage door, easiest thing to break into. The easiest thing. And most people don't realize it. I tell them that because of what we keep in our garages, usually more than just our car. You know, tools, whatever you're keeping in there, there's probably something of value for most people. Very easy to break into. So one of the things is what do people see? And when you stand back there and look at it, what changes could you make to make it less attractive? Can you move things around in a way and throw a couple of old jackets over here, something over here? When somebody looks by, they think you just have this ugly, disorganized garage they'd never want to walk into. You could do that. You know, other options are if you're storing stuff in your garage, but you don't use it for vehicles at all. Or let's say you use it for vehicles, but you have more than one garage door on one side you really don't. You could make it to where even if you had to open that door, part of that door is somewhat blocked from view because you put a shelf system there going sideways, covers half the door so they can't see in. Well, that's an option. Other things you can do, like I have foot lockers, different size foot lockers that I keep things in, and some are bigger than others where I stack them on one side. And then depending on where you're looking, how you're looking, you can't see behind them or you think you can tell what's behind them, but you cannot. So that's something else you can do with the garage. You know, what, what's more difficult for people to find if they get in there? Anyway, take a look at that. That's one idea. Second idea, just like your vehicle. I've talked about this before, especially if doing surveillance, counter surveillance, whatever. What can people see in your vehicle? You know, it's not just about protecting you and protecting people from stealing stuff, but what can they find out about you when they look in your garage? What can they find out about you when they look in your car? What happens if your car is attractive? They break in your car. What do they find out? Or let's make it even easier. Let's look at inside of our home. I'm often surprised when I go to people's houses how easy it is to find their mail. My closest friends, when I go to their house, you know what I can't find? Their mail, because they're smart people. You should never have your mail out. It tells you a lot. You realize somebody knows what they're doing. If they see your mail, including your junk mail, based on the type of junk mail you have for possible, like, getting car insurance or credit cards, based on where those are coming from, you can get a pretty good idea of somebody's credit score because of how often they come and where they come from and what they look like. Some people don't know that. You can see people's bills. You can at least see the companies they're built through. That can tell you more information. It gives you another place to go and find stuff. You know, somebody could go there and depending on where they're at, depending on what they say, they might get the information, but they could find out whether or not something's changed in your bill. You know, Oh, well, they were supposed to call you, write me a letter. I'm just here to pay ahead on their bill or something. Um, you know, has there been a big change recently? Because I'm not sure if I have enough money. And you can find out, oh, yeah, there's been a huge drop for like three weeks. You're like, oh, they are definitely out of town. You know, or you could see other stuff in there. You could see addresses, names of other people. And the I'm talking about the mail being closed. Imagine if you opened that mail and left it out. You walked out of the room for two minutes and somebody could look at a credit card or banking statement. They can find out a lot about you. Not only the numbers, but where you go and how often and why. And if they really want to study it, they just take a picture with their phone. They don't need to read it. 
You know, what kind of information do we leave laying around? And I'm explaining to this as I go about how people could use it against you. So you think about it. Because when you think classified information, we translate that to our lives. Things like, say, our banking information as one example. We could argue that that would be considered classified because you have to have special access to see it. You know, you could have the phone number to call the company, but they got to have your names. There's verifications and passwords and secret codes. And then we got our apps, whatever we have to log on to. Right. And so if your phone, you use the app to log on to your bank and all you have to do is use your thumbprint or very little effort to find the password. Right. Are you going to leave your phone unlocked around a stranger so they have access to that? No. It's not much different if you leave your mail sitting out with your bank statement on. So if they can see that open bank statement, there's things they could potentially do with that. So those are things where we could say it's classified information until it's something that just shows up at our house. Our banking stuff we would consider classified. I'm not going to be an idiot, leave my phone sitting open for somebody to find it, no problem. But I've got my bank statement in the mail. Now I opened it, I left it down on the counter and didn't take care of it because I didn't see the importance and a stranger came over and they took a picture of it. See, at that point, it's classified information, but it's sitting out there and there's nothing in place to control access to it. And people could do bad things with it. So think about that, personal information. You know, when you tell people that trusted friend about your plans that break the norm, about you leaving town, about this person coming over, you know, you're getting to see one of your kids because you're divorced. You're traveling here in this way. That's fine when it's that person you trust. Just remember, when you think OPSEC, people having access to that information. We think about that night at home, buddies are over, we're having a couple of beers, we're sitting on the couch about to watch the game or whatever, play video games, and we have that conversation. We have that because... Not where we are, but who we're with. Now, check that. Same situation. We're at a bar. There's a lot of people, right? Maybe loud, maybe not be loud. We have the exact same conversation. Not because of the place we're in, but because of the people we're with and we're comfortable with them. We don't think about the other people around. So don't just think about who you're telling information to. Think about where you are when you're telling them who's around, who can hear that stuff. That's obviously important. Because if you were really thinking about the information, if you wouldn't just stand up and start telling any random person that all the time, then don't tell the people you trust while you're in a public setting. Let's look at other ways. Maybe we should rethink things. I've watched plenty of YouTube. I've watched plenty of shows where guys are like preppers or reloading ammo, whatever. Ham radio guys. I'm astonished at how stupid they are. Not all of them, but way too many. Like, God bless them for sharing their knowledge, and especially when they're honest about, I'm new at this, and, you know, thanks for the guys that have been doing it a while, even if their channels blow up, even if they put out some garbage. Sometimes they put out a lot of good stuff about, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's a project I'm working on. Okay, great. Entertainment, you're learning, whatever. That's fine. Here's where they screw up. I've seen three different people, three, might be four, go to a gun safe, open the safe, using the dial on the video that they published on YouTube. I'm like, what are you doing? I've seen people show things about how they're storing something like food or ammo, things you don't just share it with everybody, right? I built this new shelf system, organizational system, and I'm going to show you that in today's show. And then 
whether they're doing the little fast forward thing or just walking through their house, talking to people, they walk through the house to where you can see the whole layout of the house and then they take you to that room. I'm like, that's, that is foolish. It's not hard to figure out who you are. So now everybody knows where that is. You know, or people that explain like, I've seen ones where there's guys that go out to the woods and they build those bushcraft shelters, right? Very cool campsites. They're fun. So they go out and do that. No big deal. I saw one guy who did that and wanted to show where it was. So he did an overhead shot of like Google Earth showing where his house is, drawing a line in the distance. And so you can see the directions going out into the woods to where that campsite was and then zoomed in on his house to show the path to walk out there. Not hard to find where that guy lives. Foolish should not do that. Think about this. If you haven't, if you haven't seen this, when you go on, say, Craigslist or... Even Facebook, eBay, where people sell cars, smart people block out their license plates with their finger or a shirt. Maybe they know, maybe as soon as they just told them it wasn't a good idea. But with that license plate, people can find out, you know, who you are. They can come looking for that truck. They can do whatever they want to do. They can just send you junk mail. But it's information they don't need. You know, you're going to sell a car on eBay. They need to know it's in California or at least what major area it's around. I mean, I wouldn't, if I was selling a car on eBay, you know, I might use the town I'm in. I'd probably use one of the towns next door. If I had a town of less than, less than 10, 20,000 people, I would never mention that town. But you give that license plate out there, they can show up at your house unannounced. That's not something you want to do. And just think about this. Even if you think that's no big deal, how many people do you think are seeing that? You know, there's people that sell that information out there. Something to think about. There are bad people out there. That guy may not be looking for the license plates on the car you're selling, but there's people that are looking for the license plate on the car you're selling to sell that information to the bad guy so he can go, oh, I would like one of those automobiles. Or perhaps you didn't take your car out and take photos of it at a random parking lot in a business that can't be identified or take pictures of it out in an open field away from your home and identifiable features. You know, you did that, you're okay. But some people do it right in front of their house, showing things like mailboxes, other vehicles, license plates, way too much scenery and unique. Like, yeah, not a good idea. Don't do that. OPSEC is where we think like the bad guy. We think about types of crime that are likely to happen to us because of certain things. One, where we live. Number two, if I have more than one property because of where my other property is located, right? Number three, because of who I am, you know, and then four, because of what information I put out there to let people know what is going on. When you're letting people know what you have, how easy it is to get, how often you're not around, you think these are not big deals. These are why people lose their shit all the time. You know, I've talked before about set your house up like just like say you're listening to this, you're like, I got nothing better to do they? Okay, here's something better you can do. Go through and change anything in your house right now you would change if you were leaving, let's say all day or overnight even, right? And if those are dramatically different, do them both. Do like all day and then do all night. So if you're like, well, for all day, I don't do anything. But if I was gone overnight or longer, I would close all these blinds. Okay, then do that. If I'd close a few blinds, but then I do extra security features, whatever it is, do it. Walk around your house. 
right up on your house like you're going to break into it. Don't look sneaky so your neighbors call. But walk around your house. Start looking in and around windows. Start looking through your yard. What can you see? Got to remember, one man's trash is another man's Kardashian. When you see stuff of yours that's garbage or you don't think it's worthwhile, ask yourself, is it worth money? Could it be sold for any amount of money? Could it be recycled? Got to remember, there's different levels of criminals wanting different levels of things. So, yes, you don't want to be able to look in your room and see cameras and computers and musical gear and all that stuff, right? That's inviting. You don't want somebody to be able to look in a room and see a bunch of guns or a pile of cash, okay? That's a certain type of criminal we're keeping out there, okay? Another thing, though, what about the criminal who may not have the ability to move that type of stuff, but all they need is some copper wire to recycle, you know, or that pile of trash cans or that, you know, pile of uh, soda pop cans out there, whatever it is. Think like that, different levels of criminal, and take a look around your house. They're putting in steps for operational security. You're looking at things and saying, well, I wouldn't do this. Well, of course not. You're not a bad guy, but what, what do you think a bad guy would do? Do you know somebody that's a bad guy? Do you know somebody who's been in prison for a few months or jail? They probably talk to people. If they didn't do this type of crime, ask them like, hey, I'm just curious. Did you ever meet anybody here learning things like that? And they're like, yeah. What can you tell me about what guys like that do? Because I just want to make my place less inviting. You know, if you happen to know somebody, they'll probably tell you if you're friends. Another thing to think about, too, is let's say you have information you would consider for yourself protected or classified. For example, how much money you're worth, how much money you make every month or every two weeks, you know, big spending that's coming up. You're going to buy this new car for 80 grand or 30 grand, whatever it is. Things like that you're talking about, the married couple usually talks about, you know, we'll just keep it simple. You're at home, married couple. Things we talk about, a lot of them have to do with money. Money good, money bad, whatever. Now, are those things you're going to go out and talk to your your mothers and your in-laws about? Probably not. And the reason I want you to use the in-laws as a gauge for most people is because think of your children as in-laws, especially if they're younger. If they can hear you, they repeat things. You know, and it's fun for them to go to school and be like, oh man, we're going to get this cool new truck and go camping this summer. Maybe that's cool for them. Or maybe there's a point you can tell them that like right before you go do it on Saturday. But when you're talking about money, good, money, bad, or money changes and things that they're not directly involved with or been briefed on, then you're not going to tell them. You want to make sure, again, you're comfortable with each other. You're in your home. Felt like this was a safe conversation. Forgot that Billy and Sally were uh, sitting in the next room coloring on the walls because the iPad's broken and that they can hear you. What, How it might make them feel or how they might tell that to somebody or how they might tell it to one of your in-laws. Just think about that. The other people that are around that are, say, family members or trusted friends, but they are they on the list of people you would give clearance to this type of information for? Think of it that way. Go into a separate room. Go outside. Send them outside. Take steps like we would do with information that we have clearances for. You know, we have skiffs for SCI and special access programs, special secure facilities, even small rooms. You can go and have whatever conversation you want. Treat it that way. Trust my family, love my kids, but I'm not telling them about this change to, you know, six-figured accounts on my retirement, what we're doing with their college funds. I'm not telling them that right now because it's mine to manage. Fine. The person you need to have a conversation with, take them inside your skiff. Your skiff could be 
hey, me and mom are going to go pick up pizza for dinner. And you realize that going to order that pizza and come back is enough time for you to have the conversation in the car. Nobody's around. That's your skiff. You know, you guys could go take a walk. That could be your skiff. Kick the kids out. Say, drink out of the hose. I don't care how hot it is. Then you guys could sit at the table and have that talk. You know, whatever it is you need to do, think about the other people around. Whether or not, it's not just that, well, I wouldn't want to throw this out there to anybody. We get that. But now that we have information where just anybody isn't around, people in our trusted circles are around. But then we got to look at those people and go, well, wait a second. I don't think I'm going to tell a 10-year-old what I'm doing with $50,000. The biggest threat to OPSEC are the people. People, number one. It's uh, two things, really. And on the civilian side, it's the same as the military, just kind of flip-flopped. Most people on the civilian side aren't doing anything to protect their information. And it's a lot of them just don't know, don't realize what could be used against them. Or they think any talk like that is crazy and paranoid, right? So in the military, it's the exact opposite. Systems are in place. The other thing, though, in the military is people sometimes talk about things, not classified, remember, just, just critical information. They talk about it, not that they shouldn't talk about it, but it's who they talk about it around. The civilian side, it seems like they, they'll talk about things to any person they trust and never think about where they are. That's the biggest thing. They don't think about where they are. I hear people in grocery stores say shit sometimes where I'm like, what I could do with that information. I should exploit you, show up your house, freak you out, and make you pay me. But then it would look like, <laughs> it would probably look like extortion. So probably not a good business model. But that's the, that's the big difference. I would just, you know what, no matter who you are, even if you talk to somebody about this, that, well, that's paranoid, that's all. The, okay, that's fine. It's okay if you think that way. That's fine. All I'm suggesting that you do at a minimum is to say there is information about you that you just don't freely give everybody. You could say you're an open book all you want. There are things you just don't tell random people to tell them who didn't ask for it. Figure out what those things are and then take a look at those and say, these are my private things. Am I ensuring that I'm not doing things with those private things that could put them in danger of being found out. Start there. That's all you do. Hey, those things are really important to you. You protected, you double checked. Perhaps maybe you identify a couple more things that should go on that list and you're glad that you did it. At least try to get them to do that or do it yourself. You know, I hear people on podcasts to give out hints and things to situations, places they live when they travel all the time. Now, here's the funny thing. I do it. When I do it, it's planned because I don't tell you the truth. I use that stuff for a couple of reasons. One, there's enough of it out there. I figure somebody's trying to track it and figure out who I am, which would, two help them or could help other people who haven't done it yet who want to go back and re-listen to podcasts when I do, I don't know, say an open source challenge, right, and determine whether or not things are true or not because you're foolish if you've tracked any of that information or go back and look at it. And assume that it's true because of the way in which I said it. And therefore, when you do this challenge, you find something contradictory. You decide the contradictory must be wrong. It's not how Intel works, people. I've been telling you that. Don't do it. Everybody else, though, not planned. I've taken YouTube channels and podcasts just for the fun of it because I had nothing better to do. And thought, I know a little bit about this guy. Not much. I've seen their channel before. I'm just going to look him up. And I've 
some famous YouTubers and stuff, not like, you know, not the big type top 10, but some in certain circles, pretty big ones and found out who they are, or where they live. Not hard for me to do. You could do it too. It might take a little longer, might not. But do you really think I would put that information out there on me? You're crazy. But it's there as a training tool. I'm telling you how Intel works. Do it like I say, you stand a chance. Right? Part of this open source channel is an OPSEC issue. OPSEC mission. Remember? You know, there's a motivation out there to do it. Get some free cool stuff, but at least do it on yourself. But if you do it on me first, a little more motivation to win something, you might find out more efficient and better ways to find out stuff on yourself. And then you're going to find out information out there, right? It's not hard to get your name. It's very simple. Here's how easy it is to get a name. You leave mail in your car. This is assuming I can't get in your house, like I'm not invited. You leave mail in your car. I look at it. I open your mailbox. I look at it. I didn't steal your mail. I just looked at it. You might find this crazy. I have walked my dog and randomly opened mailboxes and looked in them just to see if somebody would say something, having no care in the world about what they do. Just because I've seen how people react to shit around here, and I know if I just went, oh, sorry, and walked away, they wouldn't do anything. But I've done it just to see if people do anything. Nothing has ever happened. That's how easy it is to get your name. Of course, I can watch you walk in a house a few times and realize you probably live there and just take your address and look it up on the internet and then see, especially if I know... If I live in the area and I happen to know that you just moved in there recently, there's all kinds of public websites you have no control over that are going to tell me when that household. And then I can cross-reference that with very little effort without paying a dime to see who it's registered to and who bought it and at least get the last name of somebody. And you know what? Let's say a man and woman are married move in there and it's just a man's name in the house and I want to know the woman's name. doesn't matter. I confirm the man's name. I can find that woman's name. Okay, this anybody can do this. Right, each one of these things are like five minutes, maybe 15. That's how easy it is just to get your name. So when you do things like this open source challenge, you find out, wait a second, how many places can I find my name, my address, my phone number, pictures of my car in front of my house? They are out there. And most of them, you just write them a letter and say, dear asshole, take this down. It's not what you actually say. There's nice ways to do it, but... You can have that stuff pulled. That's just on that information, right? Your kids got phones? Put their names and phone numbers in there. When was the last time you looked at their social media accounts? Well, they blocked me. Yeah, it's, you know, just sign up for another one. Search your name. Just to see what they're... Le and here's the thing. Let's say you want to see a kid's social media account quite literally for their safety. That's why you want to do it, because you're a good parent. Because we hope, we hope that we're all good parents. No problem. You get your bullshit account and you go find your kid's account. You don't need to be friends with them, not to start with. All you want to see is what's out there. What can anybody see? If I had kids, they would hate me. Because one, they wouldn't have phones till they're 25. But I would, uh, I would definitely at least teach them and educate them about social media and what should and shouldn't be on there. But you can do that. You can just, just like you can do it on anybody else. So the reason I did this open source challenge wasn't to get viewers and listeners, I mean, it'd be great. You know, I'd probably get more questions. That's not why I do it. I do it to help you. That's why I'm, I got to the point after the last one of realizing how much I really need to just directly say, I'm doing this to help you. I want you to win. I want you guys to actually put the effort in. Sure, it might help me out a little bit. Odds are, probably not. Odds are you will find things I already know they're out there that I can do nothing about. 
And because they're on names, I have used at times it don't matter that nobody could find me on because they're not real. I wouldn't care. You know, if you use ways you can find old e- emails, they're not going to tell you anything about how to find me now. I'm not worried about that. It was to literally chase down the information so you could see how to do it, win some free stuff. That'd be cool. But then to do it on yourselves. And then we could talk about it and talk about what these, you know, you could tell me, oh my God, here's what I found. Tell me that stuff. Tell me how it helped you. That tells me I'm helping you. And then I can talk to people on here and I can say, look, hey, remember that challenge we did? Check this out. Here's this lady over here, lives on the eastern half of the United States who decided to do the challenge. You know, she didn't win, but here's some interesting things she found out about herself. She found out her phone numbers on 13 different places and she could remove them all. She found seven websites with pictures of her car, you know, two showing her license plate. She got those removed. Tell people real world examples. Because that's how important OPSEC is. What we don't realize is how many malicious people are out there looking for it. Yes, there are burglars, you know, small-time meth-head burglars. And, uh, you know, those big, big target burglars that go after the, you know, the big guys with $100,000 and, you know, the queen's jewels, right? Probably somewhere in the middles where most of us could potentially be threatened. How do you know? I don't know. Go to your sheriff or police department website and see what kind of crime has been going on. Check your newspaper if you have one. A lot of times they put in arrest blotters in there about who's been arrested and why and what crimes they committed where or what they're suspected of. Not that hard, people. You can do that. The other thing is to realize that a lot of exploitation and taking advantage of people happens over the Internet. That's why we want to do this open source challenge and find out stuff on ourselves. Even if you don't want to do the challenge to win it and tell you anything about me, do the challenge based on everything I'm telling you and let me know how it helps you. Just do that. You don't have to enter. Just do it that way. Help yourself out. You know, think about those things, figure out what's going to affect you the most. Then when you look at it, you'll see like, Oh wow, I probably should do a little bit more here. Maybe, maybe you don't, maybe it might be a few of you that don't, but most of you are going to find tons of information or if you didn't find tons of information, didn't really know how to look hard enough or the right way, which I would consider my fault. And I'd try to help you with that. So when you think an OPSEC and looking at yourself, just remember, yeah, there's people breaking houses. There's hackers are breaking the computers. Statistically, is that going to happen to most people in their lives? Probably not. But then again, based on where you live, you might know better. You might know the likelihood of it. You should at least know the types of crimes that are happening. So you know what kind of information to protect. I remember when I first lived in this part of the country, moving here, I looked up all that information, part of my normal moving thing. Could not believe how many people in like three or four months had their homes broken into because they had opening sliding glass doors, all on the same side of sound, never caught the guy. So he's somewhat experienced or made adjustments or they just didn't run fingerprints. Took a lot of stuff. I started telling people in my unit about that. Shocked them. Shocks me that they didn't know what was going on. You know what else shocked me? How many people leave their homes and left their sliding glass doors open? I'm like, oh my God, it's Christmas for this guy. This is why you look this information up. Maybe you're just helping somebody else out. That's something to think about. Got to remember all normal stuff, normal stuff that's not necessarily protected information that we would define critical, that we think there's a person that could exploit. And if you're out there like, well, you could exploit anything. Fine. How? You tell me how. You tell me how somebody looks in your house and all they see is a glimpse of your kitchen table and there's an ink pen, a fork, and a dirty milk glass on there, how they can use that to exploit you. All I'm saying is that's a stupid statement. It's a statement like that people make when they don't want to put any effort into anything or improve their lives. And those are the people I hope get fucked over so that they learn to never do that again.
sorry, but that's, you're the, if somebody's going to get screwed, it needs to be that guy, not the people that are out there trying to protect their families. So take a look at that. What stuff could be used against you? What type of person, if they were a thief, would thieve that? And is that, how likely is that? What's the threat of that in your area? What personal information you have out there on the internet? What personal information you have out there you can't control? I mean, you could probably take all your house numbers off your mailbox in your house, assuming there's no ordinance to have those up there and hoping somebody go, well, that's, okay, that house is 631 and that one's 635 and this one in the middle doesn't have a number and I need to find 633. I mean, hopefully they can do the math on that. But there are a few things you can't do nothing about. You have to drive with license plates on if you leave your property. Those are the rules, right? There's certain things. And there's ways to mitigate that. You know, you do multiple levels of an LLC and corporations and trust funds and register that stuff under there that can help you. But that's only if you need to go that far and you know how to do it. But take a look at that information. Figure out what's out there. How could people use it against you? What level of motivation would they need and would you be a target? How likely do you think you'd be a target? You live on a street with six homes that cost a million dollars in a town of 100,000. And that's the only rich area. Everything else around you has homes at $200,000. You're probably going to be a target. Okay? Now, you live on a street with six homes worth a million dollars in a neighborhood of 250 other homes worth 800 to 1.2 million, you're probably a little more protected, just saying. Take a look at that stuff. What am I doing? What can I not do? What habits can I change to protect that information that I don't intend to give people, but somehow I give it to them or make it easier for them to find? How do I mitigate this by making it more difficult, making them put the effort in so that it's just enough effort they go, you know what? I'm not even going to go after this guy anymore because there's 10 dudes over here that aren't even trying. That's all you're really trying to do. You're trying to make it just difficult enough for them to go after some other idiot who isn't putting in the effort you are. Sorry for them, but you got to protect yourself. That's what OPSEC really is. That's how it's really done. That's how it matters to you, and you don't even need to use that word. You could just describe it in senses. You could just say, I'm just looking at my personal information and seeing what's out there and how it you know, if it's something anybody could really use, say it however you want. 